Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 947 of Locked on Raptors for Monday, May the 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked on Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked on Podcast Network. In particular, this week, our Locked on NBA channel is going to be cranking out some incredible coverage of the play-in tournament as well as the upcoming postseason. Uh, Raptors fans are not involved, so go find a team you want to uh, you know, latch on to. Maybe you want to be a Nuggets fan or a Suns fan. Go listen to those podcasts as they cover the playoffs as they draw near. Okay, on today's show, it is an annual tradition here on the podcast. I guess we do this like three times a year, technically, but uh, I'm joined today by Vivek Jacob and Sahal Abdi to conclude the 2020-2021 Raptors over-unders and prop bets uh, a marathon i don't know what we're calling it contest sure that's what it is it's a contest and uh i don't think i'm gonna win it but that's fine i never win this and that's because i'm a gracious host who allows my guests to shine is what i'm is the party line that i'm going by um either way we're joined by your faves vivek, vivek jacob my god i can't speak i'm very excited for today's episode what's up big v not as much man just coming off that nick nurse end of season presser so uh, the good news is he feels very confident that this is this Raptors team is going to be very much back next season and mm-hmm. doing big things. So we That's will see. That's good to hear. That's good to and hear. And he's very uh, optimistic about them actually being in Toronto. I am too. You know what? Damn it! I'm going to opt for optimism, and I'm choosing to believe we're going to be watching Toronto sports teams in person in October ish. So I'm going to hang out to that dream as long as it's there. Um, <laughs> I hope Nick Nurse, how many over under, how many times? I mean, to start this off with an over under, over under, how many times did Nick Nurse uh, say fuck Tampa in his press conference? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, he was on mute at at the very beginning, so Mm, hard to say. Right. But uh, we'll say three. We could catch three. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, The other guest you hear him giggling in the background is Sahal Abdi from Rappers Republic. What's going on, buddy? Good, man. Good. Um, funny story. I was doing the uh, Indiana Pacers game recap for the for Raptors Republic uh, last night, and it wasn't even really a game recap. It just ended up being a eulogy for the season. So mm. um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the Raptors going, if, uh, hopefully going back to Toronto and leaving Tampa in the dust. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, before we get into the fun of today and the over-unders, I just want to, uh, you know, apologize for not doing, I guess, a a typical game recap episode for either the Mavericks game or I guess the Bulls game either or the Pacers game. What is there to recap really from a a game that sees Aaron Baines play the three? I just recapped it. Aaron Baines played the three. You know what you need to know about the basketball game. Um, we're going to dive into player reviews and, you know, we'll remark upon Jalen Harris's big night against Dallas when we do his player review and all that stuff uh, down the line. But uh, I thought maybe we could get by without formally recapping those games because really what takeaways were there to be had from uh, the six man rotations they were tossing out there? 
with that, let's move in to uh, sorting through who's going to come away with this year's Raptors over-unders and props crown. Of course, the defending champion Sahal was leading at the halfway point when we recorded this episode on May the 7th to post on May the 8th. Um, things were kind of nice with the Raptors. They were like 500. They were going into the All-Star break. Things were kind of looking okay. Minus, oh, wait, Pascal Siakam's got, uh, he's on the COVID list. Uh-oh, that could be trouble. And then it spiraled, of course, and everybody was on the COVID list. They lose nine games in a row. I believe they lose 13 of 14 in May, in March, and uh, things go very much off the rails. So there could be some changes in how the uh, the standings were at the halfway point in the over-unders contest here. Sahal had six and a half points of a possible 18. Vivek had five and a half. I had three and a half. So, um you know, a lot of those were incompletes. We didn't really give points for some of them. So I didn't go a three and a half of 18. I don't think uh, at least that's what I'm saying to myself. And uh, we'll run through these now to see who comes out on top. Are you guys ready? Absolutely. All right, let's dig in. The first prop uh, and over under is Pascal Siakam points per game. 23 and a half. I took the over. You guys both took the under. And of course, Pascal Siakam finishes the season. Uh, definitely under I'm looking for the exact number. 21.4 points per game. He saw a bit of an uptick in the back part of the season as he was playing really, really good basketball in April and May. But of course, falls just short, runs at a runway and ends up at 21.4 points. Not just short, well short of the 23 and a half. I was going to need to win this one. Uh, Vivek, I'll throw it to you. Any thoughts on Siakam? Like, OK, let's let's put it this way. The over under next year, 23 and a half. Is that something that will make you queasy? Will you take the over? Will you take the under again? Um, you know, considering what we've seen with him kind of refining his offensive game in the back part of the season with the you know, I think assumption that the three point shooting will have some sort of positive regression next year. Uh, where are you at on the sort of outlook for Pascal's points per game next season? I think that next year, 23.5 is going to be an interesting test because I, I do feel like he really did find uh, some of his best form late in the season. I mean, for the month of April, he averaged 23.1, the five games in May, he averaged 28. So if he can carry that momentum and again, if he, if the Raptors are back in Toronto, I definitely think he'll be riding that high. So I think next year it will be very interesting uh, that 23.5 mark for this season. I went with it just because it went with the under, just because I felt like, you know, it was going to be more about his playmaking and getting others involved. And then, you know, just coming off uh, the bubble, I didn't quite see him getting back to that level right away. Mm -hmm. And it took some time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if he shoots his three point percentage from last year, he's probably much closer. Uh, he might actually go over, frankly. Uh, he was, you know, 29.7% this season. That 7% drop off is a pretty significant, um, you know, factor here in his decreased scoring output. But um, yeah, I, I feel pretty good that he's going to crawl back up a little bit next year. Uh, you know, I would I also just like assume that offense is going to continue to inflate and go crazy. It just seems like we're on that trajectory right now. So maybe kind of penciling in some points for inflation. I'm kind of uh, thinking that might be the case here too. Uh, either way, you guys both get the point for that one. I do not. We move to the next one. Pascal Siakam, true shooting percentage over under was set at 57.0. He finishes despite uh, some flirtation with north of 55 at 54.7 on the season. Sahal, none of us get the point here. Um, you know, 
obviously mm. we talked about the three point shooting. That's, I think the biggest culprit here for the true shooting percentage going down. My question yep. to you is, do you think Pascal Siakam as like a number one, one, a option is ever going to be capable of a 57.0 true shooting percentage? Yeah, I actually do. I think the, um, the low three point shooting percentage we saw this season, which essentially hovered around 30 all year. I think it hit 28 or 27 at one point in the year. Um, I think when you look over at Pascal's career five, six, seven, eight years from now, that's going to be seen as an anomaly. Not to say he's going to shoot up, you know, to the 40% range or anything like that. But I do think Pascal Siakam um, will get to that 35, 36% range. I believe the year prior, he shot 36%, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so I do think he can get there. And, and, and like you said, I think that did, that was the primary reason that it tanked you know, his true shooting percentage. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say a pretty confident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, I think for me, I, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical of that, but that's okay. If he ends up being a 56 true shooting percentage guy, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. I think kind of confirms that he's not the number one guy, but we've kind of known that. And I think this season has been an exercise in kind of accepting that he's probably just an excellent number two. And I would imagine if he's put into the right position as a number two next to someone who can kind of carry the day offensively, we would see his true shooting kind of perk back up to, you know, close to where it was during his 2018-19 breakout where he was at 62.8. So maybe not a 57 as a clear number one, but I do think, you know, if they add Cade Cunningham or something and he ends up Mm -hmm. um, kind of running the show and Siak can kind of work, can work off of that and do his sort of opportunistic thing in addition to self-creation, I think uh, an increase in true shooting is certainly on the table down the line. No one gets the point there. It's still 1-1-0 in favor of the two of you. We've got much more over, under, and prop bet fun to be had coming up in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Indeed, who are the place you need to be going if you are looking to hire for your company. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests and then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. Again, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked, Indeed.com slash locked, offer valid through june 30th terms and conditions apply we move on to number three kyle lowry points plus rebounds plus assists the over under was set at 30.5 and i believe the fast math uh is kyle lowry vivek did this for me last night uh i think (laughs) 29.9 is where kyle lowry comes in i don't want to take credit for your fast math man i got no math skills whatsoever um I took the over, Vivek took the over, Sahal, you took the under, and you get it here. How does it feel to have uh, underestimated Kyle Lowry and uh, had it come through in your favor? Do you feel a little bit dirty about this? You know, you know what's funny? I think I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that I, that when I took the under, I put a disclaimer on it that I still love Kyle Lowry, and it's all love. So, um, yeah, There's he no was possible just way under. to go back and check that. <laughs> There's absolutely <laughs> no way. The, the, you know, the episode's been deleted. It's gone. Um, no, I... It's one of those things with Kyle where um, I don't exactly remember in that episode if I cited him, you know, going through a little bit of regression. 
um, statistically and, and on the court. And we saw it on the court a little bit. I think we've seen defensive regression the last couple of years. You could even see the last few years from Kyle Lowry, just in terms of being that uh, point defender on the court. Um, but I think overall, you could still say that Kyle Lowry still plays an all-star level. So I don't think this is a big indictment on him, you know, not reaching some sort of that 30-point mark that that um, that you set for him. But hey, man, 17 points, seven assists, and five rebounds in in his age 35 year. He played 35 minutes a game this season, a steal a game. Kyle Lowry's still a star, so I don't want it, I don't want anybody to get it twisted and you know to think one thing or the other. Kyle Lowry's still that guy for the Toronto Raptors, and I and I hope he's back for Toronto as well. The thing that really cheeses me about this one is we were maybe one or two more of those Lakers level performances from Kyle away from taking the over here, Big V. And uh, <laughs> it's upsetting. It's, <laughs> it would have been nice to get a couple more 37 and 11s in there. Um, but mm-hmm. so all you now lead with two points to have X one and my zero. We move on to question number four over under number four. Fred Van Vliet points plus rebounds plus assists. 29.0 is what it was set at. And he's definitely over. I'm bad at fast math once again. Uh, it's 19.6 plus 4.2 gets you to 24.8. Maybe. I don't know. He's over. Whatever. Uh, he's in the 30s. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad at math. It's fine. Um, you took the over on this one, Sahal. Uh, both Vivek and I took the under. So we're losing some ground here. I'm a little Let's bit go. troubled. But um, Vivek, I mean... Fred was amazing this season. I made the argument last week that if the Raptors were going to have somebody on the most improved ballot, it actually should be Fred Van Vliet and not Chris Boucher or OG or somebody else. Uh, Fred was incredible this year and became just like, a, you know, I think the story with him is honestly not so much the increase in numbers and raw production. It's kind of been like the all around impact on the floor. Would you agree with that? That just like he's kind of figured out how to do the Kyle thing where every possession he's doing something to help the team. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, for the record, uh, Fred got to 30.1. And so there we go. well clear of that 29 mark. Congrats to Sahal. See, I didn't uh, want to pick up my phone and do the calculator on the fly because that would have been rude. I'm speaking to you. I want to be in the moment <laughs> and not on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I think with Fred, you know, with him defensively, I think when this Raptors team is winning again, he will be on an all-defensive team when – He's on the offensive end of the floor. I think we've seen better decision-making. It's still maybe not quite at the level that he can get to or maybe Mm -hmm. what his ceiling can potentially be, but uh, it was definitely a step in the right direction. And yeah, he's definitely going to be a guard that, you know, posits more toward scoring than, you know, being a playmaker, but I think that's fine. And especially with the ball in Pascal Siakam's hands more and more, being that elite shooter that he is, uh, and especially that contested shot taker and maker uh, that he likes to be, you know, I, I think that can work well going forward. The one thing, you know, we still need to continue to see is the improvement finishing around the basket. And, uh, you know, that, the decision making around there, sometimes, you know, you know, he's going into trouble and it's like, hey, I'm going to bet on myself anyway. <laughs> it doesn't work out so hot uh, a lot of the time. So I think that's one, one area where I'd like to see more of an improvement. And then, you know, he does have a bit of that, you know, tunnel vision in terms of there's the play he wants to make. And that's all he kind of keeps his eyes out for. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff that's sort of happening in the periphery that he misses out on. And so that's probably the biggest thing that I'd like to see him take a step in and just trying to identify that other stuff. And, you know, if that's a thing that some people will have and some people just don't, then it kind of is what it is. Well put. And uh, we can leave the Fred talk there. Of course, we're going to do a big uh, Fred Van Bleed season in review at some point in the next couple of weeks here. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, congrats to Sahal for getting the point on this one. He leads three to the next one to my still uh, goose egg. I'm not doing so hot here, guys. Uh, we move on to question number five and six. We'll rattle through these very quickly without much analysis because there's not much to give. Uh, more minutes played. Matt Thomas or Patrick McCaw? I took Patrick McCaw. You guys both took Matt Thomas. This is a cursed question. Uh, Matt Thomas plays 192 minutes and poor Patrick McCaw, 22nd out of 22 Raptors who played games this season for the Raptors with just 33 minutes played. You guys both get the point here. I am quickly falling out of touch, and this is very bad. Um, The next one is more minutes played between Chris Boucher or Malachi Flynn. I said Malachi Flynn, believing in Flynn getting a rotation spot early on and perhaps being a little bit skeptical of Chris Boucher. Uh, Boucher was fourth on the team in minutes played with 1,453. Flynn, 10th with 928. Uh, You guys both took Boucher here and both get the points for that as well. So it is now five for Sahal, three for Vivek, zero for me. This is very, very, very bad. Hey, I mean, you're a baseball fan. You can be proud of your (laughs) shutout. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm pitching a shutout. You're damn right. I'm Robbie Ray. When his fastball's cooking, watch the hell out. Um, we uh, move on here to the next one. OG Ananobi, our seventh over-under. 13.5 points per game was the over-under. This was, I believe, pretty close at the time we recorded, about, at about the halfway point. I think, he was I think it was, yeah. 13.8 or something like that, if I recall. Of course, he goes off in the back part of the season. Didn't play a ton, obviously, with the injuries and COVID and all that. But he does finish the season averaging, I believe, 15.9 points per game. Yes, that is correct. 15.9 a game. Uh, we all took the over there, so we all get the point there, too. I guess the question on this one, by the way, my goose egg is gone. Yay. Wonderful. <laughs> I get a point. Um, but Vivek, let me ask you here. You, I'm asking you right this second. We don't know what the offseason holds for the Raptors, who they get in the draft, who they sign, whatever it is. You just have to place the over under at something for OG going into next season. What do you place it at uh, to sort of get equal action on both sides? I would probably say uh, 17 and a half, maybe 18 and a half. I'm thinking around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 18 and a half was what I was thinking. He was really good to close the year. He scored 20 in a row or 20 over 20, like what, seven games in a row at one point, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Very good. He's, he's a good basketball player. I'm very excited to watch him uh, score many points next year. Yeah. I think 18 and a half is kind of where I'd set that. Um, but yeah, good season for OG. Any Sahal, any sort of straight thoughts? I mean, we've kind of gone over the OG breakout a ton of the podcast and we'll do so again in the player review episode, but um, any last lingering thoughts on OG Ananobi, who we have not seen play for a couple weeks now? Yeah, two things. I'll be very upset if he doesn't get an all-defensive NBA nod. Um, I know it sucks and he likely won't, but it's it's sad because he did play like an all-NBA level defender. He's one of the most versatile defenders in the league this year. And then the second thing is um, OG's a very self-aware guy. Um, I know during the season, end of season availability, um, he was discussing what he could improve on um, and how Tampa affected the Raptors and affected himself. He's a very, very self-aware guy. Like he talked about how his passing and his dribbling and 
um, his shooting development, um, how he's how he's come across in the, in the league. And I think OG's become a lot more respected. Now you kind of see him as a guy who's taken on that third option. A lot of times he's the second option for Toronto and he, he looks good, man. Like I'm, if there's one guy I'm very, very excited for his future is it's, it's gotta be OG and Obi. I think, you know, at this point, what you're going to get from Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet, they look like they're at the prime prime spots of their career, but OG man, I think there's another level we can get with him. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what he's going to bring next year. Same here, man. Uh, I'm quite excited for what the future holds for OG Ananobi. He's excellent. And yeah, he's not going to make all defense, I don't think, because of the games missed. But I will note, yeah. uh, Matisse Thibel, who's probably going to make it, uh, played fewer total minutes than OG this season. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. I think it's worth quite a bit. And OG's a monster. It's kind of like widely regarded. He's the most versatile defender there is and also one of the best. So put him on an all defense team, baby. Uh, don't think it's going to happen. But next year, I think it's almost uh, like if there's one thing I'm sure of, it's all defense OG next season. Um, now is where my comeback starts, guys. Uh, we have two questions here that I'm going to take the point on. Matt Thomas, total threes made. The over under was set at 72. So one per game. And uh, you guys, I guess, channeling the energy of Alex Wong said, yes, he was going to do that. Uh, of course, he did not. He only hit this season 17 threes for your Toronto Raptors. Uh, so I get the point on this one. Big one. Uh, RIP Matt Thomas. We don't really need to spend much time on him. Hope you're doing well as the 15th man on the Utah Jazz. Uh, the next <laughs> one here. Aaron oh, Baines. what's crazy? Just very quickly. Sorry, go what's, ahead. What's yeah. crazy is he only hit 10 out of 39 threes with Utah. That's 25.6%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, the Raptors saw something. They moved just off. Just a him. rough, rough season. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance he just was never all that good. I don't know. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he's like a 6'2 dude who can't play defense and really has one skill to bring to the table. I'm going to just Maybe. blame Alex Wong. Yeah, that's <laughs> Alex's fault. Please don't ruin Jalen Harris now that you've adopted him, Alex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> move on to the next one here as my comeback continues. Aaron Baines points per game. The bet online line was nine and a half points a game. Despite his efforts yesterday, he will finish this season averaging a whole whopping 6.1 points per game over 53 games. I get the point here. Um, I guess we can just use this as an opportunity to say a little bit of a goodbye to Aaron Baines. We'll do a player review episode, but um, Sahal, uh, thoughts, closing thoughts on the Aaron Baines experience. I felt bad by the end of it. Kind of got mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, I was going to say I, I, I was pretty shocked that I took the over um, looking back on the season, but I guess it's easy to say that in hindsight. That's um, the thing. He was supposed yeah. to be a good signing. It's not crazy that the Raptors thought, hey, this guy could be good. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I made it pretty clear that I was a fan of the Aaron Bain signing, um, just judging from what I've seen the last you know few seasons from him. And judging from the fact that the Raptors didn't necessarily, I felt, didn't need an all-star level center to, to walk into that team um, to maintain you know their, their dominance in the East that they've had in the last few seasons. So um, and you saw that with Ken Birch. Ken Birch, most people regard him as a league average center. Um, and he comes in and most people are fine with him start coming back and starting next year, hypothetically. So, um, yeah, Aaron Baines, like you said, it's, it got to the point of the season where, you know, mid-season, I think he got, he got benched, I want to say like 60% of the season through. 
Um, and he just recently started playing again in the last couple of games because the Raptors had nobody healthy. So um, <laughs> it was it was it was a sad development, but I think it was a needed development for Toronto. And a lot of fans were calling for it for quite a while. Um, and the Kem Birch um, buyout signing just sealed the deal, I think, for him. And also Freddie Gillespie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, the Birch thing really did kind of prove that the Raptors were onto the right idea with a sort of stand-in fill-in center for a year. But obviously, Baines was not up to the task until he moved to small forward, of course. And hopefully somebody <laughs> snatches him up and asks him to play small forward. And you said uh, Ken Birch is regarded as a league average center. I think that's true. Except in Orlando, he was regarded as a Division Three backup or, or something like that. Uh, because yeah, and league average still... center is putting it lightly. You you could yeah. honestly say with the way he's performed with the Raptors, he's he's above average. Like he looks like a yeah. solid starting center. Yeah, borderline starter for sure uh, on next year's team. It kind of changes the complexion of the offseason, which we'll get to in coming weeks. We're going to wrap up the over-under spectacular with Vivek and Sahal in just a second, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Speaking of over-unders, it's the best place to bet on all your favorite sports action. Over-unders, obviously a big part of betting. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. In addition, you can also keep up with all your other favorite sports like uh, basketball, hockey, UFC, MMA, horse racing, whatever it might be before the next pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to get that juicy 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars around. They have nine amazing flavors in their standard lineup, plus limited edition flavors that pop up on the site all the time. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And if you don't know what your favorite is, you can find out. Get a mixed box, for example, with two of each of the nine flavors. Decide what your favorite is and then get a full box uh, on your next order. It's a wonderful thing to do. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs and you can get whatever flavor you want in that nine is the solo box or you can do the mixed box thing once again and again always keep an eye out for those limited edition flavors which are delicious go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your next order that is the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com uh we move on now we're into the second half of this uh we're going to power through these last nine over-unders and some of them are going to be quite depressing because this is the end of season win totals and playoff positioning uh part of the podcast and it's going to get kind of sad um so it's six for Sahal four for Vivek three for me we're all going to get the point here home games played in Tampa Bay we bet in favor of the pandemic being bad and continuing and we were uh rewarded with our belief in COVID-19 uh we all get it here we all took the over and uh we all get the point there the next one Players to make the All-Star game was set at 1.5. Of course, the Raptors received no All-Stars this year. Um, we all took the over, so none of us get the point here. Let me go uh, to you, Vivek. No All-Stars this year. Do you think they bounce back with one All-Star next year? Two All-Stars next year? Where are you at in terms of uh, the Raptors getting back into the big dance in, uh, I guess, mid-February when the season gets back on a regular schedule? I feel pretty comfortable saying that they should have one all-star uh, next mm. season. I think just by virtue of them getting back to winning ways, 
And, you know, you look at how the standings are playing out this season, you expect Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee to still be there next year. You expect uh, Miami to be there and thereabouts. Um, So in terms of the all-stars that'll be in contention, it'll be similar, but I think the winning is what we'll put, uh, you know, whether it be Siakam or Fred or Kyle, if he's back, you know, in the mix, I, I think picking one all-star for next season, I feel pretty confident. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the way Pascal played for the back 60% of the season, uh, that's an all-star without a doubt. And don't forget, he was voted in as an all-star starter just two years ago. So, uh, and I mean, hey, maybe OG gets some all-star love too. I was going to yeah, say that's that, the yeah. Sneaky one. That's the sneaky one. Fred too. They're going to be five, four all-stars on next year's. They're going to be like the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lowry, Fred. Uh, yeah, poor Damari Carroll got left out of that. What a bummer. Um, we move on to uh, the next one here. It's 7-5-4, Sahal Vivek, me. Uh, total charges drawn by Aaron Baines and Kyle Lowry. This one was, I believe, very, very close at halfway. I think it was 24 total charges drawn by uh, by these guys over the course mm. of the first half of the season. I'm just uh, sorting my stupid thing here now. Uh, per game totals is what we want run it and kyle lowry had 20 charges drawn aaron baines had 12 charges drawn of course this guy's not playing a ton of the back half of the year really sewered my chances of winning this one i took the over you guys both took the under because you're cowards and you both got the point congrats on the coward points guys uh (laughs) (laughs) so hall there's a chance we have seen kyle lowry draw his last charge as a Toronto Raptor. I hope that's not the case. I'm firmly in the bring Kyle back camp. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, reality. He might not be back. How does it uh, sit with you that we may have seen the last of Kyle Lowry's many, many drawn charges as a Toronto Raptor? Oh, man. I don't know if I could honestly... Uh, this sounds very, like, cliche. And 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 to, to a lot of people, to a lot of non-Raptors fans, it sounds weird. But I don't know if we I can put the words together for what Kyle Lowry's done for this organization. No one would have ever thought that um, I think by the end of his, his career that honestly the Raptors would have had a championship. Mm. No one would have thought that. Um, and here we are, you know, the greatest Raptor of all time, number three at first, and then switched over to number seven, a guy who's universally liked all around the city, all around the country. Um, Kyle's done some special things for this franchise. And I think it's only right that we get him, a statue of him taking a charge on uh, who are we going to, who are we, who's going to be taking a charge on Joel Embiid? I don't know. Probably Embiid. Yeah. I would say Embiid's the one. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's no shortage of options. He's taken them on LeBron before he's a psycho <laughs> is the thing. Um, and, but of course, if he does leave the Raptors, then they should outlaw the charge in the NBA and bring that rule change. That's long overdue. If he's still with the Raptors, of course, keep the rule because uh, <laughs> he is single-handedly making me believe the charge is still a thing we should have in the NBA. Um, we move on. You guys both got the points there. It's eight, six, four. And uh, the next one here is in-season trades. The over-under was set at 1.5. Both Vivek and I took the over. Sahal, you took the under. You lose a little bit of a lead here as the Raptors made three trades. Of course, they made the Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis deadline trades for second-round picks. Don't forget, baby, we got those two 40-ish range second-rounders this year. It's going to be a a wonderful thing to preview on the podcast, so stay tuned. Um, But also, they make the Gary Trent, Norman Powell trade. Uh, And now Vivek's just one point back as Sahal, 8.75. Oh, my God, it's juicy here. Um, not much analysis there. That's just the number of trades that happened. So we'll move on to the next one. 
This next one here, how many of Stanley Johnson, Patrick McCaw, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, Chris Boucher, DeAndre Bembry, and Aaron Baines are on the team post-deadline? The over-under was set at 5.0 of those uh, eight, seven names, seven names, and um, only four guys remain on the team. McCaw, Davis, Thomas, all gone, and uh, both Vivek and I took the under, so we both get the points here as well, and Vivek draws back into a tie with Sahal. It's Ooh. 866. The drama is off the charts here. No pressure. Um, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Vivek, uh, I mean, not much analysis here either. Uh, I think these names were included because they were sort of salary matching ballast. I guess it's a little surprising that none of them were used as like actual salary matching pieces in a bigger trade. Um, maybe that was a lost opportunity. I'm not sure, but uh, we can move on to the next one here. Uh, with it tied now, 886. We move on to uh, end of season award winners. This one is incomplete, of course. We don't yet know the award winners, but I still think it's easy to kind of assume what's going to happen here for the 12th place Toronto Raptors. Uh, the over-under was set at 1.5. This encompasses, of course, the major individual awards as well as all NBA and all defense teams as well as all rookie. Um, I think it's safe to say the Raptors are going to have less than one and a half. They might get an all defense in the form of OG or Fred. Seems unlikely considering where they finished in the standings. And all the other awards seem like they're very much not going to be in the running for um, Vivek. Hey, what about Malachi? Uh, we did this exercise last week. He's like the 25th best rookie in the NBA this year. It's a really good Fair rookie enough. class. <laughs> it's Fair just, enough. he didn't play enough. Uh, he's not going to make all, all, all rookie teams. Unfortunately, he got the is that hyperbole or was, is he, is he really 25? He's like 25th in scoring and minutes and everything. Yeah. He's, he's oh, just, wow. there's lots of good rookies this year. It's a, it's a tough class, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, one and a half. Vivek, I'm assuming we're we're all going to miss the point here. We all had the same pick here anyway. We all took the overs. This won't affect the end outcome um, mm-hmm. aside from the total points. But uh, any thoughts on the lack of awards that the Raptors are surely destined for here this season? No, I think it's similar to the all-star conversation. At the end of the day, I think winning does factor into these things, rightly or wrongly. Uh, I think OG and Fred are definitely players who should be in contention for that all-defensive team. And you know, it just seems like that won't be the case. But, you know, like uh, David Price used to say, if you don't like it, pitch better. So, yeah, <laughs> go that ahead is, and win some uh, games next year. That is fair. And yes, uh, I, I feel like they're in for like a bit of a, an awards renaissance next year. OG all defense, maybe Boucher on a good team gets into a six man conversation. Um mm. And of course, Malachi Flynn and Jalen Harris will be the top two in MVP voting. Um, we move on <laughs> to the next one with, uh, again, the score eight for Sahal, eight for Vivek, six for me. Season win total per bet online. Uh oh. Uh, <laughs> the over under was set at 42 and a half. Of course, the Raptors have hit their over every year since 2011, if I'm not mistaken. They did not do that this year. Of course, they finished with 27 wins. We all took the over, we all lose the point here. Not much to remark upon there. We move to the next one. Eastern Conference finishing position 3.5 was the over-under. So the over meant you were thinking they were going to finish higher than third. The under was lower than third, of course. Um, We all took the over here. We all thought they were going to be a top three seed. Oh, my goodness. They were the 12th seed. That's fine. Um, But this does lead to an interesting conversation. So, Hall, let me ask you this. If the Raptors did not confront COVID midseason... Do you think they crawl up to third in the East, fourth in the East? Where do you think they would have finished, you know, assuming circumstances were somewhat normal and that COVID outbreak didn't hit the team in March? 
I think it's very, very easy, Sean, to just say they would have stayed in that fourth range that they were at mm -hmm. um, just before. But at the same time, there's some pretty good teams in the East. Like the Knicks are a very good team. And I always yeah, said like... sentence. <laughs> the, yeah, the Knicks are that team that when the Raptors were falling in the standings, I always said, you know, if the Raptors manage to get back up, I really want them to play the Knicks in the first round. And here we are, you know. <laughs> here we are with the Knicks getting home court advantage in the in the NBA playoffs. I can't believe I'm saying this. But again, it's... I was about to say it's 2020. No, it's 2021. But it feels like it's still 2020. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, it's it's. I, I think the Raptors would have been in that range. I don't know if they would have been third or even above that, but I do think it, it's pretty reasonable to say they'd be anywhere between fourth to seventh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think fourth is where I would have picked them to finish. They were on the right track. They were beating the hell out of teams. Small ball was working for them. I'm sure they would have made some sort of deadline addition in the interest of winning. And I don't think they would have caught the Bucks, And so we still would have lost the points here. But fourth, I think, was very much on the table. We move to the final over under. And we're not going to get a clear decision here, guys. Unbelievable. Playoff rounds one. It was set at 1.5. I took the over thinking they were going to make the conference finals. Of course, I was wrong. But you guys were wrong as well. Uh, or sorry, you guys were right, but not wrong. I guess not right enough to gain extra points over your opponent, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> weird way to put it. But either way, you guys <laughs> both get a point here for taking the under on playoff rounds one. But that means we have a tie with you each getting oh, nine points goodness. through 18. So I guess that means as the commissioner, I get to screw with you guys a little bit. So uh, the winner is going to be decided by a half over under half trivia question. And uh, I'm sorry. That's just how it's going to happen. So wow. I'm going to pull up the Raptors basketball reference page. I'm oh, adding some no. drama here. And you are going to tell me whether or not. Hmm. Who do we got here? Who do we got? Who do we This is This question is going to be insane. I already know. It's not going to be this. that insane. It's going to be fine. Come on. Okay. Points per 36 minutes. Oh, was God. Paul Watson. Paul Watson Jr., I should say. Was Paul Watson over or under 16.5 points per 36 minutes? I don't know how we're um, going to determine who goes first. Uh, I'll flip a coin. How about that? Uh, I got a coin here. I have a dime. Who has dimes anymore? This is wild. Um, I'll, so I'll go with the, heads. If you recall, there's a, yeah, there's the queen, and then there's also a little chip. If you forget what dimes look like, I just dropped the coin. <laughs> Damn, 16.5 Paul Watson. All right, I found it. Okay, under. here we go. You guys can answer the same, too, and I can just pull up a different one if you want. But for drama's sake, I hope you don't. Uh, so I'm flipping it now. You said heads, Sahal? I said heads. Does it matter who goes first? Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter who goes first. It's tails. Yeah, it doesn't though. really. So, Vivek, you get to choose first or second, I suppose. Okay. Um, I'm going to go first, I guess. Sure. Uh, I mean, Watson had that one crazy game, but... <laughs> I feel like that would be biased. So I'm just going to say under. All right. You're going to say under 16.5 points per 36. Sahal, you can either hedge and go with Vivek and we can get a re-rack -re or you can go over if you feel confident. Um, I'm going to go. Vivek said over or under? He said under. I really wanted to go under as well. Um, and I'm gonna go under because I'm gonna. I know. I know if I go over and I get it wrong, I'm gonna regret it because I really wanted to go under. So I'm gonna go under. <laughs> well, and if we're both, both wrong, 
Yeah, you're both cowards, and you both lose as a result of being cowards. Oh my! Eighteen point one points per uh, thirty-six minutes for Paul Watson, which means I win. uh look vivek has a hard out if he didn't have a hard out where we're recording and he has to be done then uh, i would maybe do another question but Mm. i'm gonna say i win i'm sorry i i would have had the courage to go over uh, on the 16.5 points per 36 and also this is a fake season where nothing matters so i officially in the canon of locked on raptors come out as our over unders champion this year because you guys were too cowardly to have it go otherwise um I have a solution though. Me. How about how about we do yeah. a video special and we do a one-on-one <laughs> me and Vivek, one-on-one back. We're, when we're both double vaccinated, we do mm-hmm. a one-on-one uh, up to eleven. Let's do that. I mean, that's fun. <laughs> uh... it'll, it'll be a nice locked on Raptors video special to just to to win. And no, I don't I'm... even have confidence because I don't know how I've never seen Vivek play basketball before. But I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Sure. This okay, isn't I'll right. The There's no way Sean's nice getting away with this. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold the title until then. Um, and then you guys can do duel it out if you want uh, after your double vax to see if you can retroactively take the title away from me. But uh, there's no, I have no choice. You guys, you know, Sahal, you had the chance to not take the coward's way out and you Ben Simmons did up. And I'm sorry, the consequences are that I win. It's my podcast. I win. That's true. Uh, guys, we have reached the end here. Congrats on your yeah. first championship. Thank you so much. I'm so glad it came this way. <laughs> It's a fake season. I can hang this banner. There's an asterisk on it, but that's fine. It's still a banner. Um, Vivek, uh, you got to split, so I'll let you plug your stuff and you can uh, run away. Uh, What do you got for the people to to check out? Yeah, usual stuff. uh, Complex and CBC. And obviously right here on the Locked On Raptors podcast, I've got my soccer Red Couch Manx Manchester United podcast that you can check out. It's been a good season for them progress step in the right direction not sure the same can be said for the tottenham hotspurs but uh, oh my god here we go (laughs) but no again congrats to sean on getting that title i'm glad you're on the board thank Uh, you and both of you can just continue to chase me yep sounds good to me uh i'm I'm, i have no shame i'll take fake titles all day long you can give me 10 fake titles and i won't care um sahal anything that you would like to plug yeah, um, I'm on Raptors Republic. I'm going to be writing a little bit more um, in terms of just my writing output. Um, we also started something cool on the Raptors Republic. It was the first post-game live show. We started that a uh, few games into the season, myself and Oren Weisfeld. So every single game, there's a post-game live show on, uh, on Raptors Republic channel on YouTube. Um, what else do I have? The Basketball Bullies podcast is a po- podcast I started with some very close friends of mine uh, this year. If you're into NBA Top Shot uh, and the NBA Search the Basketball Bullies podcast into any podcasting platform and you'll find it. Um, And I think that's it. That's it for now. Good stuff, man. Um, Thank you for thank you both for being here and for being subject to my uh, tyranny as the commissioner of the over under contest. (laughs) Uh, You guys are the best. Uh, The listeners are the best as well. Thank you so much. This has been a trying season, of course but very appreciative of everybody who's tuned in and made the show a part of their watching experience. And 
We're not going anywhere. Still going daily through the end of free agency. We're going to have a ton of season interview stuff, draft coverage, uh, free agency look aheads, all that stuff, guest interviews. It's going to be a blast. And I'm really excited to dig into the draft and have some fun with it for the first time in a very, very long time. So uh, with that, we'll leave you there. Go check out the rest of our NBA stuff on Locked On. If you're a hockey fan, we got NHL uh, playoff coverage going strong as well. So go support there. And uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Bye.